Hello and welcome to the Groove Sofa podcast. I'm Alice. And I'm Lucy. And together we want to invite guests to come and share their grief with us. Our aim is to cover a whole range of grief from a whole range of people. We're sorry for your loss, but we are glad that you have found us. Thank you for listening to the Grief Sofa podcast. Today we are joined by Delana as we remember her boyfriend Henry. Delana shares with us how she navigates through partner grief in her 20s, shares ways in which she feels connected through signs, symbols and mediums, and tells us the wonderful memories of Henry and the light he gave to the world. So I'm Delana. Um, I'm 25 and I'm from Brighton um, and I'm currently working as an administrator. I am a qualified primary school teacher, but obviously with COVID, I've kind of been not working as a teacher because I was a bit scared of being in a school. I've come to the grief sofa today because I lost my boyfriend in September 20, uh, 2019. And I think when Henry first passed away, I realised that because he was so young and there's not many, there weren't many people who've lost partners. So when I was seeing lots of things about grief it was parents or, or grandparents and I felt a bit isolated because I couldn't really relate to anyone so um it would just be nice to kind of share how I felt losing a partner at such a young age that's great do you know what it's actually really great to have you on talking about partner loss because it is something that isn't massively recognized and there's not loads of support groups um you know thankfully that's because it doesn't happen to as many people but that's also, you know, on the flip side, the most difficult part when you're in that position. Yeah, um, how long had you and Henry been together? Um, so we got together when um, we were 18. So we met in 2014. Um, but we had quite a turbulent relationship. So there's lots of, you know, on and off, on and off. But I think we argued hard and we hated each other hard, but it kind of meant that the opposite way that we loved each other so hard as well. So that was... so. That's another reason why I find the grief kind of quite difficult because the relationship wasn't as simple as like, you know, in a romantic film where it's always happy and everything was perfect because um, it wasn't perfect. So that that can be difficult at times when you're grieving because sometimes you think about the kind of negative parts of it as well. Yeah, sure. I can imagine that can be quite difficult and can um, bring up maybe some complicated feelings sometimes. Um, so how old was Henry when when he died then? Um, so he was um, 23. Um, Gosh, yeah. yeah, so super young. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's madness when you actually think about it. It just it's just so young for somebody for somebody to die, and I think so many people were so shocked. But um, yeah. he he died. His yeah, his death's also complicated because he um, he had di- type one diabetes, which is obviously quite dangerous in itself, um, and he had quite a bad relationship with with drugs so it was kind of a mixture of the drugs and the diabetes that took him so yeah I think it was such a shock to people that that he died so young yeah Mm, gosh that's so difficult and now you're kind of left grieving this really complicated grief as well as a complicated relationship yeah definitely how have you kind of managed these you know past couple of years you're what nearly two years down the line now Um, how have you kind of navigated through your friendships and relationships with other people your age? Um, so with my friend, my friends have been amazing. They knew Henry not that well, because when we met, um, I spent a lot of time with just Henry. I didn't really kind of incorporate him into the group. Um, we were just kind of obsessed with each other. So seeing each other all the time. And then we moved to Bristol together. So um, my home friends didn't really meet him. And then 
in Bristol, we had the same kind of friendship group. So my Bristol friends who also knew Henry really well, obviously they've been really supportive because they've been kind of going through the grief journey as well. Um, and my best friends from home, they've all been amazing. But obviously as time goes, people ask less and less about, yeah. you know, checking, on you, checking in on you. But yeah. I'm very blessed that I know that if I want to talk about him, because I absolutely love to talk about him, I could talk Aww. about him 24 seven, you know? So I think it's nice that like, I can, when we talk about stories, for example, and they have a story to say about their life, then I go, oh, Henry liked that as well. Or me and Henry yeah. did something similar. And I think some people, when they get a little bit scared of that and they don't really know how to respond. I've had that a few yeah. times with, with certain people where you say, oh, like Henry used to like that. And they just, it's just- Sort of look at you like- <laughs> <laughs> They have no clue what to say. But I think with my friends, they're very open and we have lots of dark jokes about it. Not about, you know, you know, but I think with grief comes dark jokes, don't they? So- Definitely. Um, and I've, I've become really close with his family. I've, well, I've always been close with them, but obviously probably closer now. But I think with the pandemic, it's probably made it a little bit difficult because normally when you lose someone, you're purposely spending time with their friends and your, their family and all kind of getting together. But obviously the last time we were all together was the funeral really because, because of the pandemic. So yeah, I haven't had time to like do nice things together for his birthday and anniversaries. Gosh, yeah. So I'm just trying to think because um, that would have been about six months after he died that we went into lockdown, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow, how was that then? I mean, because so, you've been very much like in the like early stages of grief bubble then, and then suddenly you're getting told right lockdown. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So his funeral, so he died in the middle of September, and his funeral was um, a month after he died because they had to transport his body from Bristol to Brighton um, for the funeral. And then I think it, it was, I think my grief has got harder. I think at the time I didn't kind of believe it was real. And I spent yeah, so much sure. time with his parents and we actually were having a laugh. We were having so much like funny times laughing about him. And, and I was so busy cause I just started my, um, my master's degree. So I, he, I literally started my master's went to, Ibiza for my sister's Hindu and then found out that Henry was in the hospital while whilst I was in Ibiza um, oh my gosh yeah <laughs> so I literally just started my master's course and then I had to come back to my master's course where I just met all these people about a week before and had to tell them like my my boyfriend's just died and obviously <laughs> it was a bit a bit awkward but they were oh, very oh my but, god yeah so oh. So yeah, and then obviously I was so busy doing because it was a, it was teaching um, training to be a primary school teacher. So I was so busy kind of being with young kids who bring so much positivity. So that I wasn't really thinking full about course, so isn't it? Like it's not like a course that you can kind of drop in and out of. You no. are like right in the deep end. You've got to just kind of get, get on, on with it, it don't yeah. you? But I'm kind. Of, I feel kind of blessed. I think everything kind of happened for a reason. For example, like I think people find it really hard that. Because obviously when I was in Ibiza, I couldn't get back in time basically to like say goodbye to him before they turned the machines off. Um, and at the time I was actually heartbroken. I was actually in Ibiza, like crying my eyes out, ruining my sister's Hindu, bless her. Oh, but I think it all happens for a reason because I think if he knew he was going to go, he would have wanted it to be where I couldn't see. Because mm. I know that he had lots of tubes in and things like that. So I'm glad I didn't see him that way. Yeah. Um, and then obviously with my teaching, I think it happened so that I was so busy that I was distracted and I didn't find it as hard as possibly it might be if you weren't doing anything or had yeah. time off. 
Yeah, and do you know what? Kids are just amazing. I was like nannying around the time that my dad died and I like said to the family, look, my dad's in the end of his life, so I'm going to have to take some time off. And they were like, of course, take all the time you need. But we are having a C-section for the third baby on this date. So like... If you could come back around then, that would be great. (laughs) And I literally, three days after he died, went back to nannying. But to, you know, a family that felt like my family, it didn't feel, it's not like work. But the kids were just the most gorgeous kids ever. And they were just so lovely. And kudos to the parents, because they had obviously explained that my daddy had died and that he had gone to heaven. So the first thing that the little girl said to me was, it's okay, Lucy, your daddy's in heaven, but, you know, <laughs> we're going to look after you here. And she was just so, like, enamoured by this kind of concept of, of yeah. death and, and, you know, her understanding of it. And it really carried me through, you know, yeah. those first couple of weeks were heavy as you're, like, waiting for the funeral and things like that. But having they just bring those a bit little... Of light, don't they? Yeah, having those little distractions and, like... I mean, don't get me wrong, sometimes I was like, I don't have time for this. Yes, this is, leave me alone. Yeah, this is too much. Oh, no, they, they are amazing. Yeah. So during, you know, during the last couple of years, you know, you talked about how you've kind of been isolating through COVID whilst you're kind of protecting your mum and, and kind of having a lot of time at home. Have you, you know, how have you coped with having, not having those distractions, I suppose? Yeah, so I think that's definitely been the kind of darkest Apart from apart from being in Ibiza, because honestly, like, I love to eat. In Ibiza, I didn't eat once. I couldn't eat. Yeah. I literally, I could not stop crying. Um, and it was this weird thing, which I don't know if any of you have, and I was searching it on the NHS, but where I was crying so much, it was making me need to pee lots. I don't know if you've heard of that. <laughs> I've not heard of that. No, but I couldn't stop peeing. Really? And it meant that, like, I wasn't sleeping. So I was literally, like, getting oh. serious. So that was, like, the darkest part. But I think other than that, definitely lockdown was the kind of dark, dark part for me because I was finally by myself with my own thoughts. I didn't have the support of, like, my friends. I didn't have the support of Henry's family. Um, and it was just me and my mum, and I was... Very, oh yeah, I was very isolated. I was really sick into the rules. And I found I wasn't sleeping at all just because as soon as I went to bed, that's when I'd be thinking about it. I'd be thinking about it all yeah. night and crying yeah. in bed. And before that, I'd been playing like, you know, every day I'd wake up, play Sims, I'd do a bit of sewing. And then, yeah, it would get to the night time and I was just like, I can't sleep. I can't think about anything else. Um, I did end up going on antidepressants, ones that would help me sleep. Um and I didn't like them because I just thought, you know, I need to kind of face it head on because the grief isn't kind of, it's not going to go away. Yeah, it's so, different to depression, isn't it? It's yeah, like, yeah. Can't, can't quite be medicated. You know, sometimes no. grief does lead to depression, but actually trying to medicate grief is, is just not, it's no, nowhere near nothing. as easy to kind of, it's just not the same process, is it? Yeah. And 
if you don't mind, I'd like quite like to go back to your point around um, like the physical side effects of mm -hmm. trauma, because I think that's something that we don't talk about enough is that yeah. the physical side effects of grief, but also the physical side effects of trauma when you've just found out something really awful. Mm. And we've talked a little bit around, you know, that dramatic feeling where your chest feels like it's literally being torn open. Mm. And I think uh, what you were saying about, you know, like, I don't know if any I'm giggling things frantically you know <laughs> I've I, we lost we lost my uncle when well of 13 14 years ago now uh to suicide and it was obviously very very sudden and out of the blue mm. and it made me throw up I could not be yeah. stop being sick and my stomach was so upset and it was just yeah just trying my body was just in shock essentially from that trauma yeah. and I think that might be you know what you're feeling and that's maybe why your body reacted that way yeah. have you had any side effects like physical side effects from from your grief since um well yeah so in Ibiza when because Henry's mum called me um but before that she sent me a text like I need to speak to you Henry's ill and I was thinking in my head is it Henry being a bit of drama queen again because when he was mm. ill he did love to you know loved loved being looked after so I was kind of like oh and then she sent me a few other messages and I thought well, I better go upstairs but I couldn't eat I couldn't eat at all so I went upstairs then I got the call and that was the most physical thing like I just couldn't breathe it feels like your chest like it, your heart's just being ripped out um and cry and I'm, I'm not a crier like I, I rarely cry um so I was literally like hysterical other than the peeing, um, other than the, other than needing to pee constantly, which is really frustrating. <laughs> um, nothing physical. I mean, I suffer from um, a thyroid problem, which is often made worse by stress. And since since Henry passing away, I have noticed that my physical symptoms of my thyroid problem has got worse. So, for example, like. Um, weight gain I often have a lot of hair on my um, neck because I produce more testosterone than than normal um, than than normal basically so I've noticed that that's kind of got worse my testosterone's gone up yeah um, and yeah so I think those are probably the most yeah because I it's all impacted by the stress and I think I am quite stressed Mm, yeah, yeah well yeah I think every day when you're living with grief it just comes out of nowhere sometimes doesn't it and it, you can suddenly you can kind of go from being like okay I'm dealing with this I'm having a fine time and then suddenly you're hit with this yeah. massive grief bomb and it is so stressful because you're trying to yeah. navigate what you thought was a normal day around you know around that situation and in fact one of the questions that you that you sent over to us was about how your grief has been unexpectedly triggered could you tell us about any kind of um, incidences where that's happened um for me there's been a few times um that have triggered me music and fit like tv programs that we used to watch together for example oh, yes definitely <laughs> oh god it's just too much isn't it like for example yeah. if it comes on and obviously, like, especially if it's on, like, the radio and you're with a group of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. that song means so much to you and it can put you, like, pinpoint you to an exact moment of when mm. this amazing memory you have with your partner or with whoever. And nobody in the room kind of realises that in your head and in your heart, like, you're struggling to breathe because this song means so much to you. Um, yeah. And then same with TV programmes, like, I kind of avoid... I haven't watched... We were, we were always watching Rick and Morty 
and I haven't Aww. even thought about watching it since. Like I just, I think, I mean, I'll probably maybe watch it on like an anniversary or something, but at the moment I'm kind of not ready to kind of go watch that without him yet. It's a great program. I think oh. you need good company for it as well. Yeah, definitely. And certain things like, for example, um, a few years before, um, before Henry died, we were on holiday in Tunisia. Um, and that's when the Tunisia um, terrorist attack happened. Um, and it was very traumatic for me and Henry because we had to like, we had to hide in our room. Uh, we had to put stuff in front of our door. We saw oh, wow. blood on the beach. We saw blood mm. like when we, like we had to leave early because they were scared that another terrorist attack would happen. And mm. I think at the time I was kind of being the protective one and Henry was really like frantic about it. And I was trying to be strong. And kind of after, I think, if I'm being honest, that's probably where the, when the drugs with him kind of got worse because he didn't really let go like he didn't really let us know how much that situation could be triggered in but um yeah so with that situation obviously every year I kind of get emotional anyway that type of that time of year the anniversary of the Tizia attacks and I think since he's gone I find it even harder because yeah sure we had that shared experience and obviously nobody else in the world can even imagine what we went through unless they were there yeah I mean, um, it's, in, it's incredibly unique experience yeah. to go through um yeah it's not sort of like your your run-of-the-mill um right. problem that people face like every day so I can see why that's like incredibly yeah like an incredibly unique like thing that you almost like, not bond sounds like a weird word to use yeah. but like you had that connection because you were there at that time and like yeah. such like a traumatic incident um so yeah I can totally see why that now that is feels even even worse now that you're doing that by yourself yeah definitely and the obvious thing of like anniversary and birthdays like they're not but well like for example valentine's day oh god i hate (laughs) the valentine's day now obviously i love seeing people fall in love and like i love watching like first dates and stuff and like seeing people at the beginning stage of like falling in love but yeah i do sometimes get you know get a little bit upset when people say oh you know six years together and i think oh you know that could have been me. That could have been us, and I have no, yeah. I have no chance of getting kind of more anniversaries out. So yeah, yeah, that's really tough. And like, like you say, um, like I feel really guilty because like thinking about Valentine's Day isn't something that's really occurred to me before. Because obviously, mm-hmm. because I've lost parents, and this is sort of like the whole point you're making of it's different for partner loss, and like that just hadn't even crossed my mind before. Yeah. But of course, that's going to be incredibly significant for you. Yeah. How do you sort of cope um, around like anniversaries and birthdays or things like Valentine's Day? And do you do anything specific to remember Henry, or do you try and keep it low key? Um, when it's the anniversary of his death or his birthday, it's normally I do something with his parents um, or his family, um, like have a nice dinner and have a bit of a boogie and play some games and things like that. Um, but it's difficult because, long story short, before Henry died, um, his older brother um, committed suicide a year before I met Henry. Um, so, yeah, so he... He, yeah, he died by suicide and it meant that there's all, I've always kind of known and like grief anniversaries because I was with him and he was grieving the death of his brother. Um, Gosh, that's a lot. Yeah. So, so, you to also have now though, to have that relationship with parents who have lost two sons. And yeah, it's incredible. They, and it's incredible to see how strong they are because, you know, you see people who've lost one son and you just think, how do you cope? And then, 
you see them lose too. But they're so strong. And I think um, they're very positive about the whole situation because um, his mum's very spiritual. So she believes, you know, that they're around her and um, obviously it's difficult and they're not, they're not on this plane, they're not on this earth as such, but because she has that, that belief, it kind of helps her. But yeah, so on, on anniversaries, it's normally us doing something um, fun together. Um, and on Valentine's Day, my, my girlfriends are quite good at kind of being like, right, we're all going to have dinner together. Um, and, you know, making sure, even though they've all got boyfriends. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. So they yeah. abandon their boyfriends for the day so that they can like make sure that I'm okay. But I'm sure in time that will become less and less and they'll forget about it and things like that. But, you know, that's, you know, that's fine because each one kind of gets easier, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice that they do that for you, though. And I think, like, like you said um, at the beginning of the episode, like those sort of supporting gestures or, you know, people bringing stuff up, it does sort of like tend to fade away. And we have sort of found like a common theme amongst our guests um, that they do sort of say, like, you know, around the 18 month to two year mark, which is obviously what you're hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of support does drop away, but it's nice to know that you can still like, call on them if you need them and yeah like that's really nice that they do a little valentine's day for you it just like helps you feel like a little bit like less like alone i think doesn't it and like because that's the thing with grief it is so so lonely um like you're saying with henry like obviously he's your partner um and you're saying how you're like inseparable and stuff like that so it's like a really huge loss from like your everyday life you know it's like somebody who's like a really significant part of your life yeah especially like you talk to each other 24 7 don't you you wake you text them first when you wake up and then you text them when you go to bed and it is kind of strange to not have that um even still I kind of like forget that I don't text them in the morning you know yeah that can can feel quite hard yeah definitely um, you spoke about his mum being spiritual um, and one of the questions that you wanted to talk about the one we sent over was talking about um, a time that you have received a sign or a symbol from Henry and I was wondering whether you wanted to share a little bit about that with us. Yeah definitely so yeah when Henry's brother passed away um, his mum his mum's always been really spiritual but when I met Henry, I used to go to the spiritual church with her and there'd be people um, kind of on stage doing readings to people for free and just kind of seeing if any of their family come through. And I've always come from quite like an anti-religious family. Like my dad is, you know, God does not exist. Once you die, you die. That's it. It's black. And so I've always kind of thought that in my head. And then I met Henry's mum and we'd go to the church and some things that would come through would be so amazing. I think, you know, it's not a con because how do you know that about someone? Um, and then I think when Henry died, I did get a little bit obsessed with going to the spiritual church myself because I just needed to get like a message from him. Um, and I, I've, I've had, well, I've seen quite a few mediums now and I've, I've paid for a few as well. And some of them just say things that you just think like, oh my God, how do you know that? Like they give you postcodes of places that like nobody else would know where your first date was. And I just think, how can that be fake? But then obviously I do question it a lot as well. Um, I've had mediums tell me, oh, like, for example, like things I'm reading or like things he said to me on my on anniversaries together. 
or holidays we've been on, which aren't really like on any social media or aren't anywhere that they can kind of search on. Wow. So that's been quite good signs from him. Um, when Henry first died, this is one I, I quite love, is when Henry first died, there were some building works going on down my road. The like building contractors is called Henry, and I'd never seen this building contractor before. Oh, wow. And the company is called Henry. And when and it's like a massive building, they're building like like new buildings for the university. So it's like a pretty big area. And all the signs said Henry. Like I'm literally talking like thousands and thousands of huge signs that said Henry. <laughs> That's <laughs> that ridiculous. That literally got put up as he died. And literally at the start, I was getting pissed off because I'd walk yeah. past. Yeah. And I was like, leave me alone. Like, because every time I walk to the bus stop, it's there. Henry, 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 Henry. And now, like, I kind of think, oh, wow. Like, that's kind of, that's such coincidence. Things I'd never seen that company before. They'd only just started building. But obviously, I guess maybe I, I wasn't looking for it before as well. Yeah, I think it's um, it's interesting the way that you talk about it. Because I think I have that level of scepticism as well in that like I like to believe that well my mum loves to believe that dad is sending her messages through the robin in the garden Mm -hmm. and for that reason I now also support her little robin fantasy and you know in some ways some ways it's really comforting and and it's really nice you know sometimes I ask him to send me robins and they literally appear within seconds and I think how is that a thing if you know like I I don't see them regularly like why you know how how are they just appearing yeah when they're not there but then also you you know your mind does go okay but actually you know like I'm I'm looking for these things now, yeah. you know, I'm actively searching for them. Yeah. You're so unaware before grief in so yeah. many elements of your life. Like yeah. grief is really a massive awakening in lots of ways. And it makes you so much more kind of alert and um, aware of your surroundings and the things that go on around you. So yeah. it does always make me, does always make me question it, but I do love the idea that, um, you know that he's sending you little messages around like especially things that they wouldn't necessarily know like first dates and stuff exactly. like that that's really and nice I think animals is animals is quite a common one isn't it like asking for like an animal to come near um and then seeing an animal appear I know that hummingbirds is quite like a like a spiritual yeah bird, like if you see a hummingbird um but even things like for example like I used to do this thing where I thought I was literally psychic where I'd be like right Henry if you're around me just I want the next song that I play to be our song and then there'd be a song that like we'd listen to together and I'd be like oh my god he's put that song on for me when it is probably just Spotify randomly <laughs> shuffling some songs <laughs> <laughs> you know like but you I take I take comfort from it because even if it's not real then what's there to lose like mm. you know if mm. he's not around but I'm still getting nice messages from medium yeah that's definitely good. I can yeah. agree I totally agree and actually that just sort of made me have a bit of a giggle because um um my old job that I used to work in we used to listen to Radio 2 and like obviously like loads of songs that Radio 2 play reminded me of my mum and um I used to say this to my twin brother all the time I used to say I'd let you know see him and I'd be like oh god you never believe like they literally played (laughs) not they're just one song but they played like three songs in a row that reminded me of mum he was like yeah you're listening to radio too like what do you expect and I was like all right like thanks don't kill it <laughs> just bring me down you know <laughs> but I think like 
yeah it is that sort of like comforting that sort of like comforting feeling and like I sort of like to like to believe it or like to think of it as like a little message that they're sort of looking down on you or looking out for you or like still around in, in um in some, some sort of sense so I think you know whatever it is that you believe um just like go with it and if you take comfort from it go for it and I think it's so important actually when we are grieving that we try and surround ourselves with like any positivity um because sometimes you're really sort of like scraping at the bottom of the barrel for <laughs> for any kind of positivity <laughs> at all yeah. um and on the subject of positivity, have you discovered a newfound positivity since your loss? Um, I think I've been quite a positive person kind of throughout. Like, I think if you'd met me when he first died, like, nobody, like, you wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I don't really like sharing my feelings. I'm kind of the person that's kind of, like, always up. So even when I'm, like, a little bit down, people are like, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? Because they notice it more. And even though it's probably not healthy all the time to always be so positive, it kind of, it's kind of like fake it till you make it. Like you're faking being positive. Sure. You feel a little bit better. Mm. And um, so I am a host at Let's Talk About Loss, which Alice, you know about. <laughs> um, so, <Yep>. that, <laughs> so that's obviously um, a meetup for people who are 18 to 35 who have been bereaved. Um, so I help facilitate the kind of meetups with, with people. And I think that has been such a positive experience because. I was quite new in my grief when I started hosting, but because I was like doing something for the greater good and like, yes, yeah, it just made me feel so much better. And then having a meetup and hearing other people talk about their grief and laugh about, because you can just have such dark jokes when it's a room full of people. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) The course can go either way though, can't they? Because they can either end up being like maybe quite tearful and like quite yeah. sad or they can be like really funny or they can be a bit of everything yeah, to be honest yeah, yeah. From one to the other so quickly but it's so nice to just be in a room full of people that understand I mean I haven't quite yet met anyone who's lost a partner but I was just going to ask that have you managed to meet anyone through let's talk about loss or outside of let's talk about loss um, that has also lost a partner yeah, I've met with one lady for a coffee yeah um, and I, I think she was so fresh in her grief. I think it was a bit, maybe a little bit overwhelming for her. Yeah. Um, because I think you think it's probably the best thing to do, but maybe if you're not quite ready, then that's also yeah. okay. I have been in contact with a lady over email who lost her partner during lockdown, but not face to face because she lives not near me. And I had one inter- I had an interview with the girl who she was on a journalist. She was doing a journalist course, and she lost her partner who they hadn't been together for years but it, we had a lot of similarities with the way like our complications were yeah nobody in terms of the meetup the Brighton meetup has come to that has come at who's lost a partner but yeah. sometimes I don't even think you need it sometimes it's just nice to have like other people other people who've lost different people it's such a versatile like group of people yeah um, yeah yeah definitely I mean I'm yeah it's, I think it's quite unusual because I've actually got all four of my grandparents um mm-hmm. and yeah 
so I've got both parents but I've got all four of my grandparents and um my grandma actually listens every week bless her so I'll just give her a little shout out (laughs) my grandma um and my mum's grandma is still alive as well which just like blows my mind to think um she's like in her 90s I'm not entirely sure the exact age but yeah like it's it is sort of yeah I think sometimes I, I forget like how significant it is to like go through grief at such a young age um because yeah most because I'm so involved with like let's talk about loss and stuff I almost feel like everyone's lost yeah. somebody you're surrounded let's by great loss girl like that yeah, yeah exactly yeah definitely um so you at the beginning of the podcast you were saying how you could talk about Henry all the time and you love talking about him and stuff and I just wondered whether you wanted to actually share a little bit about you can share about the good times, you can share about bad times, the medium times, whatever you want. Maybe just tell us a little bit more about him and who he was. So he was beautiful, like such a stunning face, such a beautiful smile. And when he laughed, it was like no no sound ever came out. It was like he was so hysterical that nothing could come out. <laughs> and he had such a large mouth, like really straight, <laughs> but like such a large mouth. And you knew that if you could make him laugh like that, then you said something really funny, you know? Um, and he was obsessed with music, absolutely obsessed. He played the guitar like, like it was so beautiful. I loved it when he used to like serenade me, even though he wasn't actually serenading me, he was just playing the guitar, but I pretended it was him serenading me. Um, and he, yeah, he loved music. He loved listening to music and making, like he made lots of hip hop and dubstep and, um, he loved a boogie. Um, he loved, you know, he loved going out on nights out. And he was just outrageous, such an outrageous person. I think he's a type of person that if he walked in the room, he would just light up the room. Obviously not all the time. He, you know, he could be difficult a lot a lot of the time as well, as as was I. But, you know, if you saw Henry in in his in his top form notch, you know, he was he yeah, he was perfect. And yeah, I think a lot of people miss him so much because I think he was a very rare person. I know that seems like obviously everybody says that and obviously when you lose someone, obviously that person is very unique and special. But I think Henry was very special and he he was so good at like remembering facts and like I can't remember anything. I, my brain is awful, but he always remembered like facts and jokes and I have such an admiration for anyone who has a good memory honestly (laughs) like whether it's a heat whether it's pandemic but I'm honestly like a sieve you should try doing is it Sudoku like I don't people say it differently was that what Henry used to do is that that's what I need to do but um yeah he was like amazing at like remembering facts and he like loved science and loved talking about like anything sciencey and yeah I think that's probably what I miss miss about him the most is that we've known each other for so long and I think we he like I knew him more than anyone and he knew me more than anyone and we literally were becoming like like you know when twins have thoughts at the same time Hmm. and and you like say you just you don't have to say anything but you know exactly what you're you're what you're thinking it was just becoming like that like finishing each other's sentences so I think it's kind of I've lost such a big part of me but it's nice to know that I had him and we did have all those amazing times yeah gosh I feel really emotional listening to you listing all that stuff about him like and also like another thing that I really love on the podcast like when we do 
ask our guests to sort of talk about the person they've lost like I can always really like hear the smiling coming from our guest's face if that makes sense and having this podcast and like listening to people talking about their loved ones who they've lost it's really special actually to like be able to like hold this space for those people that are no longer with us and yeah like I can just tell from everything that you're saying that he sounded like a really really great guy have you got a specific memory or a specific day or a specific moment that was just like a, re- a really standout one maybe if you're feeling a bit sad you'll you'll think about it or was everything just one, great yeah definitely yeah 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 this one makes me laugh and it's literally the first time I met him so I think it's yeah fun. great but, um he so basically we met because he started liking all my things on twitter because <laughs> I was funny on Twitter back in the day and he kept on like <laughs> and liking everything and then one day he posted that he was going to this club in Brighton that I thought was a bit of a disgusting club and I was really drunk and I was just like don't go there it's disgusting and then he messaged me the next day saying oh I should have listened to you because I just got beaten up and mugged so I was like oh so then we started speaking every single day for about I think it was about four months and he came to my 18th birthday party we were absolutely paralytic. Well, not absolutely paralytic, but we were very, very drunk. And <laughs> I said to my mom, I said, can my friend stay? She said, yeah, as long as you're like in separate rooms. <laughs> so I said, yeah, that's fine. So he came back to mine and we did actually sleep in separate rooms. But in the morning, I remember waking up and thinking, oh my God, like he's going to regret like coming round and that's going to be the kind of end of it. Like I just thought like it was just like a drunk mistake. <laughs> And then me, my mum and my sister all went, he was sleeping in my like tiny little single room, like a box room, like Harry Potter's room. And we all, me, my mum, my sister, like, all went up there with like a cup of tea. And you could just like see, you could just see the fear in his eyes at him. He was like, who are these three women? Um, and then, yeah. Everyone, <gasps> that's so like, funny. The three of you. That's yeah, hilarious. He was honestly petrified. <laughs> Poor boy. <laughs> And then I remember, like, and then we had our, like, our first date, like, a week or so after. We went to the cinema, which I know is a bad, you know, people say going to the cinema isn't a good idea for a date. But we went to the cinema, and obviously you don't really talk at a cinema. So I was like, right, we'll walk to the station, which is, like, a good half an hour walk. So we were chatting, chatting, getting to know each other. (laughs) At the the station, like, um, I said goodbye to him, and he went in for a hug, and I went in for a kiss. And I just remember being like, oh, this is so crazy. Like, this is just so cringy. Uh, <laughs> and I just remember thinking it, I just remember like calling my friend and being like, right, that's it. Like, he went in for a hug, that's it. Um, it wasn't it, because yeah, we were together for lots more years. But just like funny, cringy bits like that just always make me laugh about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and he's stuck around. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the image of you and your mum and your sister like, yeah, walking so up on this funny. poor 18 year old boy, like, God, I thought I was going to get a spoon out of this. <laughs> got them all in like staring at me down honestly bless him your mum just wanted to double check that he definitely slept in his fair room <laughs> well I wasn't making him up like he was a real <laughs> he's a real boy I promise yeah. <laughs> oh honestly he sounds so wonderful and yeah like Alice said you know listening to you talk about him you can really just tell how much magic he brought into your life yeah. and how much magic he brought into the world and yeah. you know what it's so lovely to hear about him and one of the best things about this podcast is that we don't even have to meet the people that we're talking about and they just sound like the most fantastic people we could 
feel like we've all feel like we do know them because yeah. we, we hear so much of their lives from the people that love them the most so thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much for sharing him with us because yeah, thank you for having me it's it's so nice to be able to kind of talk about him in so much depth because normally it's me just trying to insert him in any conversation possible even though it doesn't really have anything to do with conversation so it's nice to just you know kind of let it all out and it's it just his youth it brings his energy near like if I'm being a little bit spiritual but like it feels like he's near when when you talk about him yeah just I thought actually just to finish off you know one of the first things you said was that you know you felt quite isolated and still arguably quite isolated in your grief because you're struggling to find people who've been through similar things um who are your age have you got any advice for anybody who's in a similar situation to yourself to finish it off? If you're my age, then yeah, let's talk about loss was amazing to meet other people that are our age who have lost other people. But I think there's lots of people on Instagram or on Facebook that if you weren't grieving, you would have no clue who they were. Like it never comes into, you never knew that there's this whole community of like, people who have lost people and this whole amazing yes. reason. <laughs> but honestly, I just remember like when Henry first died, like, I think I joined Let's Talk About Loss first and then it was like ding, 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 ding. And you think, oh, wow. And I just think, just, just talk, just talk about it all the time. And I think also when it comes to partners, like, I get it a lot where people go, oh no, do you have a boyfriend? Or like, oh, you know, are you moving on yet? And you just think, I think just to kind of stick up for yourself to say, you know, when I'm ready or, you know, I don't need to discuss that because I think that can be quite triggering for some people. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Grief Sofa podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review to help us reach new listeners. If you have enjoyed listening and would like to join us on the Grief Sofa, please get in touch on Instagram at the Grief Sofa or email us thegriefsofa at gmail.com.